understand what is transpiring in the Bible from one end to the other. Tonight we're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter number 9. And I want to just catch a few of you up that's not here. We have uh, determined in our Bible study that it literally took God billions of years to create this universe, and create this earth. The Bible does say seven years he created the earth or he made the earth. But when we really study that and find out the word that he uses there for made and all this is to bring something out of something that already existed. And as we studied that, we found out that in Genesis chapter number one, verse number one, there was a age there. It was called the creative ages, and it was the dispensation that God used when he put angels over certain planets and, and had ruling. So we have the world, which is the cosmos, the social system in the world. And then we have in the Bible, the word world is translated with the word eon or aeon, and that means age. So you have the world, and the Bible says there are many ages in the world. And in each age, there is a period of time that the subjects that are in that cosmos at that time are put under probation. And God gives some laws and to see if they would adhere to those laws. There are nine different dispensations in the Bible. I'm not going to name them all, but two of them to deal directly with angels. Seven of them deal with man. The last one deals with both, both the angels and redeemed men. And in each one of these ages, there are dispensations. So we have covered the creative age. We've also covered what we call the antediluvian age, before the flood age. And in that, there was the dispensation of innocence, and there was the dispensation of conscience. Then last week, as we studied a little bit, we went into the dispensation that uh, brought us up to the flood. And now tonight, we are going into the present age. Through our study, we have determined that God populated heaven first before he populated the earth. And that every nation has an angel that is over them. And for every righteous angel that is over the, the nation, there are a, a bunch of fallen angels that are over those nations too as well. So tonight, we're picking up in Genesis chapter number 9, and we're going to start studying the present age. The present age. The age that we're living in right now. This will last all the way to the millennium. The next age that follows us is the millennium. We are in the last age. It covers from the flood to the millennium. It actually starts in Genesis chapter number 8, verse 15, and it goes all the way to Revelation chapter 19, verse 21. But we finally find the third dispensation in this age, and this dispensation is called human government. It's when God allows us to rule ourselves, so to speak, in government. And that's the first dispensation of this age. There are several. There's the dispensation of promise that comes after this. But this age we want to talk about tonight is the age of the human government, and it lasts for 427 years from the flood to the call of Abraham. So we covered in the last age 1,656 years. Now we're going into the second millennium, 457 or 67, did I say 427 427 years, and we're going to cover this tonight. 
I want you to look in Genesis chapter number 9, verse number 1, bearing the fact that God would create the earth and he moved us into a different age and he began to deal with us in a dispensation. In each dispensation, he gave us laws to follow. And the folks that he spoke to that were alive at this point in time, in these 427 years, from Noah until the call of Abraham, he gave them a few laws. And I want to read the laws to you that I had to follow by. Genesis chapter 9, verse number 1. It said, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And he said, If you do that, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, Upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. So everything has been given in your hand. Everybody say, everything has been given to my hand. It's important for you to understand that. Then he goes on, and listen here. He adds a law. Because up to this time, men ate no meat. And at this point, in verse 3, he said, Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things? So God now says it's okay for you to eat meat. But then he says, the flesh with the life or the blood thereof in it, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. So God says not to eat the blood or drink the blood of an animal. Verse number five says, and surely, God is Surely your blood of your lives will I require. At the hand of every beast will I require it. And at the hand of man and at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. So the first rule was for you to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. The second rule was now, okay, you can in a humane way kill animals and eat the animals. But thirdly, if an animal kills an animal, then the animal needs to be killed. If a man kills a man, then he is to be killed. So he says, don't murder nobody. But if you do murder somebody, then you are to pay for that with your life. Okay, that's the rules of this dispensation with this. So now I want you, if you will, we start, go to verse number seven. It said, and uh, we'll read on a little bit. Verse six. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. And you, be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. So God says you got to be fruitful, multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. So you got a double portion of multiplication that you have to work with. Amen. Amen. Now look in Genesis chapter number 10, verse 6 through 12. I want you to see what's going on here. Genesis chapter number 10, we studied that a little bit. That is the 70 nations that was back in this earth. And we told you that there were 70 different angels that are on the council of God. And those 70 angels are who God talks with. They're called the sons of God. And there's something interesting that's happening in Genesis chapter 10, verse number 6. I want you, and for you to understand what's going to happen next, you need to understand what happens in this family that we're going to read about here. There is a major thing that happens with this family. And what happened in this family and in this generation 
affects you and your children today. And it's literally the birthing of something that the earth has been fighting against, or the earth, the church has been fighting against for thousands of years. Verse number six says, And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizraim, and Phut, and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sapta, and Ramah, and Septica, and the sons of Ram, Sheba, and Devan, Devon. And Cush begat Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. You might want to underline before the Lord and circle that. That is telling you that Nimrod began to hunt men. He began to rage war on men with that. So, we'll read on just a little bit further. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalnel, and the land of Shinar. That's Iraq today. And out of that land went forth Asher and built in Nineveh the city of Rehoboth and Caleb, and resin between Nineveh and Caleb, and the same as a great city. And then we go to chapter number 11. This is very important for you to see the connection. Chapter number 11, and it said, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortal. And they said, Go to, let us build a city. Underline that. Let us build a city. Very important. And a tower whose top will reach up to heaven. And underline this, and let us make us a name. Circle that, underline it, do whatever you got to do to pull it out in your Bible. That's very, very important. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. Underline this. And this they began to do, and now nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing Nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. There is a power in unity. Once you can get everybody talking the same way, envisioning the same way, communicating the right way, got the same vision, there ain't nothing that can be stopped. That's why God said if any two or three touch and agree on any one thing, it shall be done. So when you get a vision and you can get in one accord and you get in unity, 100% unity, can communicate your vision and everybody understand that you can do anything you want to do. And then it goes on, but go to, and God said, go to, let us. He's talking to the 70 angels now and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us go down and therefore confound their language. Let's go in there and cause confusion or allow their language to be confused that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them broad from thence unto the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. So the tower was already built and the city was being built around it and God came down and stopped the building of the city. 
Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because of the Lord what because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. Now in Genesis chapter number nine, verse number one, and Genesis chapter nine, verse seven, God tells Noah that he's to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And Hebrews chapter number 11 is in direct defiance of that command. He said, you go and you be fruitful, you multiply, and you go out and you fill the earth. Don't you go out and find a place that you're going to join together and you're going to build a city. God is not crazy about a man living in a city. He says, we got to go back to verse number 6 in chapter number 10 and look at the sons of Ham, and especially Cush, Ham's grandson, Nimrod as well, to understand what has transpired from the flood to the Tower of Babel. Remember, I told you Noah means he shall come and he shall bring rest and comfort to the depressed or the weary. Now, in the Bible, the Bible says that Ham was cursed by his daddy for seeing the nakedness of his daddy. Noah failed by going and getting drunk. And while he was getting drunk, Ham saw his nakedness and he went out and told his two children. And I'm going to tell you, there has been preachers and there are people that still believe it today. There are denominations up until the last year that had this wrong. And it has been a bout of racism that has been in the church for years. They have taken a word that they don't really know what it means and tried to say that the problem that Ham had is that God cursed him, listen to what I'm saying, cursed him in his skin to make him a different color than what they were. First off, God didn't curse him. Noah cursed him. Ham was cursed for seeing the nakedness of his father. And a lot of people don't realize what happened there. So God gave us these rules, and he says, you've got to be fruitful, you've got to multiply, you've got to replenish the earth, and you've got to and multiply abundantly. And Ham saw his dad in the position to where he saw his nakedness, and now the Seventh-day Adventists today, up until a few years ago, they would not even ordain a black minister. There are churches today that are still standing up and saying that the black race, and I'm talking to a lot of white people right now, the black race is cursed. Well, I got news for you. They're not. That is a figment of the devil's imagination, and that's how the devil has separated us to where Sunday is the most segregated hour that there is in America today. That's why interracial marriage has been looked down on in so many years. I got news for you. Moses married a woman that came from Ethiopia and she was black. That's right. There's all types of tat in the Bible. God has five different races on this earth. And he's got five or five different colors. I ain't going to call them race. Five different colors of skin on this earth. And there are five different colors of dirt here on this earth. And what are you made of? Dirt. The only difference between Thelma and I is that her black dirt's in a different area than what mine is. I got just as much black dirt in me as she does. And she's got just as much white dirt in her as I do. And when I said that one night, and one fellow says, 
I ain't got no black dirt in me. And I said, all right, brother. I said, we'll go out and we'll work in the yard for a little bit with you with a white shirt on. And when you take that white shirt off, I'll tell you how much black you got in you because it'll come out of you. And then a, a, a black fella in that church that night said, I ain't got no white dirt in me. And I said, brother, show me your hands and show me the bottom of your feet. And I said, Fern Lewis from Blainborough, North Carolina, got lupus and he was black and he turned white. It does not matter where the dirt is. The only difference is culture. Culture, culture, the way you're raised, the way you've been taught. That's right. So I want you to understand that because God don't want his children upset with each other. And he don't want his people looking at people as second-class citizens. Yeah. And through my life, yeah. I have had to fight against people that literally take women and make them second-class citizens. Right. You can't do that in the word either. God said that women were just as equal as a man is. Man. Now, a man has three positions and a woman has three positions. That's for another study later on. But we've got to all fulfill all those positions so that we can literally be in the rightness with the Lord. So God has told us here, and, and, and so, I'm sorry, so many people have told us here that what happened to Ham is that Ham was cursed, and that's why he was black. The only reason why that was said is because they would have some type of justification to put them in slavery. And that is a crime against that color of people, not that race of people, that color of people. And the church today, for not standing up against it, needs to ask God for forgiveness that's right. for that. That's right. And the same thing when it comes to the Indians and all that stuff. We need to do that as well. But the Bible said that Noah would bring comfort and he would bring rest to the despaired. And in this situation, after he come through the flood, he was cursed or Ham was cursed because he saw Noah's nakedness. So let me take a survey. What do you think the nakedness of Noah was? What do you think? Got any idea? Vulnerability. Anybody? Wonder if it's right. What do you think? Don't know? Don't know? It would make you think that you saw him naked, right? Well, that ain't what it means. What do you think here? Tanya's real smart back there. What do you think? She's smiling at me. Let's show her John, you know. Ben, Thelma, anybody here? Turn with me, if you will, to Le Le Leviticus chapter number 20, verse number 11. Let me show you what started happening during this time. And see if it don't line right up with today. Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 11. Everybody got that? Say amen. amen. Read it with me. And the man that lieth with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. No, somebody got, got a revelation. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, keep your finger there and flip over to Deuteronomy chapter number 27. So this may just be a little graphic here at the moment. But, see, a lot of people don't want preachers to preach about sex. But it's loaded up in the Bible from the first start of the Bible all the way through. Deuteronomy 27, 21. And it says, Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast. And all the people shall say amen. amen. Everybody say amen. amen. So what happened is Ham 
when Noah got drunk, his wife got drunk. And when they went in and took part of the marriage relationship, they were laying in the bed and they were naked. And it wasn't a problem for him to walk by the tent and see his, his dad there with no clothes on. That wasn't a big issue. The big issue was, and it wasn't a big issue that he saw his mama sitting there with no clothes on. That wasn't the, the big issue. The big issue is he went into the bed with them while they were drunk. And he committed incest. And he took his dad's wife, his own mama, and he had sex with her. It's called incest. We're having it happen today. Y'all with me now? That's sick, isn't it? That's why Noah was so upset and he cursed him. And he cursed him out. And, and, and it could have been explained to him if it had been spiritual because the word or, or kush simply means that he is going to get smarter and smarter in knowledge. And the word ham literally means hot and in the heat of passion. And it also goes a little deeper that one part of him will increase in weakness, but another part of him will increase in intelligence and in, and in knowledge and in wisdom and will get smarter. But the race of Ham or the family of Ham would break into two branches, two branches. Now, Ham is the uh, father of the Ethiopians. And yes, he was black. But the, the black race is broken into two branches. I'm not going to get into that much tonight, but it's broken into two branches. And through that, Cush come around and it says he will increase not only in knowledge, but he will increase in darkness and he will increase in light. So he has got some real good people and some real bad people. But then they have Nimrod. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. And the word Nimrod means we will rebel. So what is happening now, it says Noah will bring comfort and rest to the despairing. But as time goes on, Ham will be the one that gets hot in passion. And by what he does, he will separate his race into two different parts or his family into two different parts. And one will be extremely weak and one will be extremely strong in wisdom. And Cush will come along. And when Cush come along, he will birth a person by the name of Nimrod and the human race will rebel against God. So we're seeing this happen. Now, there is a book out there called the Beshur of Yahshua, which Yahshua is the Hebrew word for Jesus. And it tells a story of the original clothing that God actually made and put on Adam and Eve. Y'all know the story. In the Garden of Eden, when they ate it, they covered themselves up with fig leaves, and they showed up. God killed an animal and put them skins on them to cover them. Well, the Jews teach that that clothing that was on Adam and Eve was handed down to Seth. Seth turned around, handed it to his children, and it went on and on and on till Noah wound up having it. And Noah took it on the ark. And when he took it on the ark, he come back and he gave it to Shem, his son Shem. And Ham stole that garment. So the story is when he went into his daddy's bedroom, after he had violated the burial bed, he found those garments and he stole those garments. 
And when he stole those garments, they were supposed to be a keepsake, and he wound up giving them to Nimrod. And Nimrod wound up with the garments. That's important for us to understand because the Jewish people teach that. And it was told that Nimrod, at one point in his life, began to wear those clothes. In fact, at 20 years old, he started putting those clothes on. And for a while, from 20 years old to 40 years old, he worshiped God. And he wound up being a mighty hunter. He, in fact, was a mighty warrior. And according to Jewish history, he won several battles against the enemies of his family. And they exonerated him and brought him up and taught and thought of him a great deal. But at age 40, he had a great big war that he went out to fight. And when he went out there and he won, he come back in and he proclaimed himself to be king in Shinar. And he said, I want to build my capital city. And when I build my capital city, I want to have my temple. And on the top of this tower, I want to have my sanctuary so that when you come in, you worship me. Y'all follow me now, amen? amen? And Nimrod began to call himself a name that all of y'all have heard me talk about a whole lot, Baal. That's what we've been fighting against from this day forward. He called himself Baal Molech. And the word Baal means your Lord or your husband, and Molech means your king. So he was Baal Molech. He was your husband, your king. He was your family member that had become king. And he demanded that they would worship him. Now I want you to go back. The Bible says that you were to be fruitful, to go out into this earth, and you were supposed to be fruitful. fruitful. That word in the Hebrew means you're to split and divide and expand and multiply and break through and go out and spread out and branch out and go and go all over the whole earth and cover the whole earth. Nimrod, when he decided that he was going to be king, openly defied God and said, we ain't going out no more. We ain't taking no more ground. We ain't going nowhere. We're not branching out. This is my kingdom. And not only was he the king of Babel, he had several different kingdoms around. God told him, he said, y'all got to be the ones that are multiplying things. That word to is means to increase, bring things in in abundance, make things greater in my authority, and literally increase your master's rule here on this earth. Talking about God, you are to go out there and increase God's rule. When you have children, teach them about God. Teach them the holy things of God. Bring them up in the church. Keep them as close to me as possible. And then he goes on and he says, you got to replenish the earth. And that word replenish means fill it up again with my authority. Fill it up again with the authority of God. So God gave some laws in this age. Listen real good. First of all, he gave them a grant and said that in order for you to survive, now you can kill all these living creatures and you can eat them. But first thing, first, you cannot eat their blood. Secondly, he says, you are not to commit murder or it's going to be death for death. So God puts the human laws and governments in station right now and, and inaugurates them so that life can be regulated. Then he goes on and he says, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Go out, go everywhere, populate this earth, go out, teach your children that I'm God, explore that thing, get it so great and mighty that my authority covers the whole earth. And then he says, fill the earth up. So he gave them the allowance to eat the animal food, said you're not going to eat blood, don't commit murder, and if somebody execute or kill somebody, you execute them, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. If they take somebody's blood, 
kill him. If an animal kills another animal, kill him. God gave a covenant in Genesis chapter number 9, verse number 18, and he says, you are to follow this covenant. And that covenant was made when Noah came off of the ark and he built an altar and he gave a sacrifice unto God and asked God, if we go out and do what you tell us to do, are you going to come back down here and kill us again with a flood? And he said, I'll never flood you again. Teach your children my covenant. Teach your children my authority. Get them out there and teach them that they are to come to church and they are supposed to live for God. But when Nimrod come around, he stopped everybody from doing that. Now, man, at this point in time, was rich in experience. He was rich in wisdom. He had the true worship. He worshiped God truthfully. He had new laws. He had a new covenant. He had new promises of God's blessing. He had dominion of the earth. Everything was given into his hand, but he also had the responsibility to rule himself and to rule himself forever. Now, I want to bring you something to light here. I want to show you what's going on in the heavenlies and what's been your fight for a long time. He said, you obey the laws of human government. Do unto others, basically, as you would have them do unto you. If you don't want to be talked about, don't talk about nobody. You don't want nobody to complain to you. Don't complain about them. Don't run down somebody else's character and they won't run down yours. Rule this nation or this world faithfully. Punish those that will not live faithfully and consecrate to God and worship God. That's where we start. Amen. And Noah failed. Noah went out, planted a vineyard and got drunk. He went in with his wife, caused a temptation to Ham, his son. Ham went in, done what he done in Genesis chapter number nine. And when that happened, the Bible says that the angels that had failed come back in to try to stop people from worshiping the Lord the same way and married women again. So the daughters of men fell. Noah fell, Ham fell, and men in general fell because instead of going out and spreading out and spreading the authority of God, they all decided they were going to get together and they were going to build great big cities. God didn't like that. How many of you like to live in a big city? How many like to live in Lumberton? I don't like to live in town at all. There's something about a town, something about a town that just gets all over me spiritually. I don't know why. Until I read this. No, I'm not just a country boy. I'm a child of the king. And that's why. Because the word city means a dark place. Preaching the darkness. Now, I'm not going to say that we ain't supposed to go into the city. We ain't supposed to live into the city. I'm just saying for me, God didn't call me to live in a city. We are to affect the city. Are y'all with me now? Amen. What's going on is pride and self-gratification and hero worship became prevalent at that point in time. And God judged him by changing man's language. He come down and he says, all right, since all y'all together and y'all going to do this and y'all going to overthrow me, he said, I am going to overthrow you and I'm going to do it by confounding your language where you can't talk to one another and you can't communicate the right way. When you finally get a church that will communicate the right way and people that communicate the right way, a family that's on one page instead of 50 pages, I'm going to tell you what, they'll change a city, amen? They'll change a nation. Are y'all with me now, amen? 
So God changed them in 1025. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 1025, God said that he actually, because things got so bad, that he come into the dry land and he divided the world up into continents. In the time of Peleg, God divided the world up into continents. And there are scientists that prove that there was a major earthquake that divided the dry land over into the continents that we have today. Now, the word Nimrod means a mighty hunter of men. This is a man that had murder for hire. You didn't bow down to him, he killed you. You don't bow down to the Antichrist, what happens to you? You get killed. He's a picture of the Antichrist. Not only is he a picture of the Antichrist, he ushered in every false religion that there was. He began to worship and, 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 and literally build cities and uh, sanctuaries and temples to the Zodiac. And every god of the Zodiac, he built that. In the bottom of the Tower of Babel, there was a sanctuary that was to all the areas and, and the kings and the, or the, the gods of the Zodiac. But on the very top of that 300-foot-high tower was his sanctuary, his Holy of Holies. And he had carried an idol into the Holy of Holies that looked just like him. And you were commanded to go into the Holy of Holies and bow down to Nimrod. And if you didn't, you were killed. Ain't that what the Antichrist is going to do? So God is telling us all this stuff that everything that Nimrod does, we're going to have to go through here again. Now, they discovered the Tower of Babel in 1876, and they found it out that it was three layers, and it was 300 foot tall, and on the very top of it, there was 60 by 86 area of a sanctuary, and in there, there was the idol of Nimrod, or Baal, and Baal is the one that literally causes people to kill their children and sacrifice their children. They are ones that the people had was born uh, in, in, in the temple prostitution with women and they were carried in there and they were burnt in the fire as a sacrifice to Baal. Today in the United States of America, we are burning children. We're killing children by the millions by abortion. So the word city in Hebrew means a city unto darkness or a place unto darkness. So if you're called to a city, God has got a strong calling on you because you're going into a dark place. Amen. Have anybody ever noticed that when they vote in the United States of America, the big cities all go for the liberal person? Raleigh goes for them. Charlotte goes for them. New York goes for them. Los Angeles, all the big cities, Austin, Atlanta, all of them are strong liberal cities. They all go for that. Why? Because the devil concentrates himself in those cities. Amen. So if you're called to the city, you have got an anointing from the Lord to break loose and do some things that maybe I don't even got. Maybe I'm just a little old country preacher. I don't know, baby. But I know one thing. I don't like to live in a city. It bothers me to live in a city. Amen. But here's what was happening. I want you to look at that verse that I had told you to underline back in Genesis chapter number 11. What they were saying. This should open up some things spiritually to you here tonight. And we're going to build on this as time goes on. Jesus, when he was born, was born through Noah's son called Shem. He is, Shem is the great ancestor of Jesus. The word Shem means name. 
a great name. So God is saying, Thelma, Noah, out of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, I'm going to take Shem, and my great name is going to come through him. Now follow me now. And the people in Babylon, Nimrod, which come from Ham, which was the youngest one, in jealousy, everybody say jealousy, jealousy. stole the clothing, come in, now passes it down, now here's Nimrod, and they come in Genesis chapter number 11 and verse number 4, and they say, let us go and build a city and a tower whose top can reach up to heaven, and let us make us a shim. Let us make us a name. Let us make us a great name. Let us take what God is doing over here with Shem and let's build up something other that's just as equal to him in defiance of what God is doing in the family of Shem. That's why all of the Arabs is against the Israel today. That's why all that stuff is going on because the devil's still trying to build him a name, a great name, and he's got a family that has done it. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's what's going on. That's why if you're going to be in the family of God, building up and radiating the glory of God like you are called to do, you can't be out there taking part with the hams of the world because they're trying to build a great name unto Satan. When we are supposed to be building a great name to God. So they were saying personally, hey, we know that God has selected him, Shem, to bring in the Messiah and we want to build us a name ourselves. We want to usher in the devil's child. And that is the same family that Antichrist will come through. And I'll prove that later on in Scripture. But it will be the same family that Antichrist will come through. He will be an Aryan Jew. He will be part Arab and he will be part Jew. And he will throw aside the Judaism religion. And he will begin to worship Islam and cause everybody. To go. And then he will come around and say that he is God incarnate. The same way that Nimrod said that he was God and comrade. So I want you to understand this. The very same thing that is going on today went on back in Genesis chapter number 11. And what did God do? God said, let us go down. Let's see what these people are doing. And God is going to send Jesus down to see what people are doing. He's going to rapture us out. He's going to come down. He's going to see what people are doing. And God rained down fire and brimstone on this tower and tore this tower down, caused him not to build that city. And God's going to do the same thing in the end when he comes down and he judges everybody that does not follow him and in rebellion to him. And they're going to wind up into a lake of fire. God has already broken out to you all the way through the scripture, shared with you that what you see in Revelation is already happening in Genesis. So what's going on today is there is a movement in every nation in the world to build the name of God. And there is a movement in every nation of the world to build the name of Satan so that Satan's child can come back in to this earth. The spawn of Satan. So if that's the case, and that's the spiritual warfare fact that we've got going on, why is it so important for me to take all these many Wednesday nights and explain to you what's going on? Here's why. Because if you don't recognize that, you will be deceived extremely. Because Nimrod at first was in the church. Yes, all right. He was worshiping the Lord. For 20 years, he worshiped the Lord. At the age of 20, he began to be the worship leader for the whole nation. 
And 20 years later on, he turned completely around and said, I'm God. You had to be careful who your preacher is. You had to be careful who you're following. You had to be careful who you're getting your spiritual knowledge from. You got to be careful who you're listening to on the television. You better know the Bible before you start allowing people to talk to you some. It is dangerous for you to do so because the same work is going on in the very world today that we live in that was going on at that point in time. And God come down and said, all right, I'm going to scatter you. I'm going to break down your vision. I'm going to get to the point where you can't communicate with one another. How many have been in a church that nobody's in unity? Can somebody say amen? amen? Why is it that they in unity? Because this one over here wants to make a name for themselves. And this one over here wants to make a name for themselves. Well, I want to be the one that picked out the carpet. No, I want to be the one that picked out the carpet. No, I want to be the one to hum the TVs. No, I want to be the one to buy that. No, I want this here. I want that. I'm going to make myself a big name. It's the same spirit that's yeah. going on in the church. Yeah. So here we got to do is living water is we got to throw all that aside. And if Susan does it, that means that Sissy, the pastor Sissy does it, that Tina does it, that everybody. So if anybody goes to do anything for the church, the whole church did it, it won't just Susan that done it. You got me now. So when we get to that point, we get in unity under God. And when we get there, it don't matter if Betty's the one up here singing, you're singing with Betty. That's right. That's if I'm the one preaching, you're preaching with me. You're helping me. That's why I get you to talk to me so much, because I want you to be in unity with me. The devil wants us to make a name for ourselves. And God wants us to make a name for him through ourselves. That's the difference. So the same movement is going on right now in the world. And God has told me to come bring that little avenue out to you. Because what happens with the ones that's trying to make their name for Satan is they use sex and loose living in every kind of way that they can to get done what they want done. Because they are not in love with the human race. They're wanting to kill the human race. They want to rule the human race. God's people wants to deliver the human race. And that's where the fight and the battle has been going on with. It's been helpful tonight. Amen. Did you learn some stuff tonight? So we've got to start understanding. We're in this present age now. And the very same spirit of Nimrod is there. But also the same spirit of Shem is here as well. And we need to understand that God wants to make a name for himself. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to make a name for himself. Find another and say, he's going to make a name for himself. He wants to do it through you. And he wants to do it through you when you join together and agree with me and Betty. When you join together and you agree on one thing. And it don't matter if, if Sissy's blessed, if Pastor Sissy's blessed. Thank God she's blessed. Be happy about it. And say, thank God for quitting being envy of what God does with somebody else. Because when God does it for one, he does it for all. Because when he comes in, let's say he decides today that he's going to let Tanya win Publishers Clearinghouse. And she wins $50 million. Well, she might be the head that gets the $50 million that can start handing out the million dollars to you. Don't say, well, I just don't know about her over there. She got all that. Well, thank God she got her $50 million because she might be the one that's going to hand you a million dollars. The reason why Oprah's got such a big church is because she handed out money. You follow me now? So it's the same old tactic over and over and over and over again. And God can't bless his church because the people in the church want to make a name for themselves. Yeah. Amen. So we as this church has got to determine we're going to start making a name for God. That's right. Amen. Great is our God and greatly Amen. to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. 
beautiful for situation, the city of the great king. That's Mount Zion up on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. This is the house of the great king. The king of glory wants to come into the house. We've got to make this place his place to where his name is doing. This ain't Kip's church. This is God's church. This is not your church. This is God's church. We've got to have a change in our mind right here. We've got to be fruitful and multiply and abundantly go out and do what God wants to do and replenish this. As you leave from here, somebody should be sitting in your pew. God wants this church to be a blessing and the only way we're going to be able to do it is cast aside that there's self-indigenous righteousness spirit and say it's not about me, it's about God. Amen. Look at somebody and say, make a name for the Lord. Make a name for him and shout out to him. You let him know and you fight against anything that destroys the kingdom of God. It bothers me when someone can vote for somebody that's making a name for the devil. When somebody else is wanting to make a name for the Lord. It bothers me as a Christian, especially that you can vote for all this liberal stuff that's going on in the cities when God, the only way America has been surviving right lately is that the country has not been affected by the city. This is the Bible built. They've called it the Bible built. And there has been an attack from the enemy. They are coming down from the north and they're coming over from the west. They're leaving from the big cities and they're coming down here into our cities. And now these cities that were once very conservative are now liberal. The devil's moving in there and they all want to make a name. Here today, the homosexuals want to make their name. The transgender wants to make their name. This one wants to make their name. The white supremacists want to make their name. The Black Panthers want to make their name. Everybody wants to make a name of themselves and they want their 15 minutes of fame. But I believe that it's time for the church to have their 15 minutes of fame and they need to make great the name of the Lord. That's where we need to be. And I believe that when we get to that point and we throw aside and we got enough of understanding, when someone tries to downgrade women, we say, no, that ain't what God said. When God, when somebody tries to downgrade the Spanish, they say, no, that ain't what God said. When God, when they say that God is downgrading and downgrading the black people, they say, uh-uh, that ain't the way it's said. We're all one under the kingdom of Almighty God, and we're here for one reason, and that is to radiate the name and the glory of God. So let's not make a name for ourselves. Let's not try to make us a shim because God's already got our shim. God's already got his name is Jesus Christ. He gave it all for you and he's already the king of kings and lord of lords and it don't matter how hard you work to build another name, your knee's going to bow to it anyway and your tongue is going to confess. So it ain't no sense you waiting on forever to do it. Let's do it today. Amen. Look at somebody say, I'm going to do it today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's my little quick spiel tonight. How many of y'all glad y'all come? Amen. Did you learn something tonight? Amen. Something you can apply to your life to change your life. When you support something that is building the name of the other shim, you're just as guilty as they are. But when you stand up against it in defiance like Nimrod did against God, when you stand up against what is defying God, God says, be fruitful, multiply, and I will bless you. This is the same thing going on today in Nimrod. You're going to find out as the times go on, the weeks go on, you're going to find out just how much Nimrod is still in the church and still in the world. You're going to find out how much he is in Islam. 
You won't find out how much he is in Confucianism. You won't find out how much he is in witchcraft. Every false religion on the earth started in Babylon under Nimrod. So we need to understand this and what we're fighting against because this is a spirit that will kill you if it has a chance. So don't let it make a name for itself. This church is not going to let it make a name for itself. When people look at this church, they're going to say, that's the church of the great king. If you're glad you came to church and I say amen, stand with me to your feet, give God a good hand, clap of praise.